Welcome back to another exciting episode of Extra Feature Editor. Today I have a guest who has a unique name, so I'm probably going to screw it up as usual, but we're going to try. Errol Anthony Hales. He's yeah, film- Wow, hey, I got one right. Wow, twice <laughs> sure, baby. Uh, his film Werewolf Santa is currently, I presume, only on the film festival circuit, but he'll tell you where to find it later if it's available somewhere else, but I highly doubt it. Welcome to the show. Lovely to, to talk to you. Yes, it, it, it was at the Fright Fest Film Festival in the UK, and it, it did a, it did a couple of others. Um, it's in HMV on DVD at the moment, and places like that in the UK. And it's also gone to streaming in the UK and in America, so it is out now. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Let's start off right at the beginning. How does it feel to go to an HMV and see your films? Because we don't have. I love that. Yeah, it does not that. exist here. <laughs> well, you have a Walmart, right? That's where you get the DVDs. Um, is that right? We, yes, we do have a Walmart, but I've, I can't say I've been to Walmart about six months, but that's not that's just personal reasons, not supposed to avoiding it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but the DVD thing, as a kid walking around the physical media, before that, yeah. the VHS, and in just it's so much fun to be, because it's a bit like the VHS era. If you're in the horror section at uh, HMV or Walmart, and you're kind of leafing through the horror collection or whatever else, we don't get that with the streaming thing. That's why I don't like the streaming thing so much, because it's, it's just all there. And you don't get that discovery when you pick it up in the same way, I don't think. I, I do find that, even though this is not really part of our interview, we can go into this a little bit more. I definitely yeah. prefer... I find Facebook groups have helped me with that because I discover things I've never seen. So somebody hold up a copy of Werewolf Santa DVD. I'm like, oh, I'll watch that just because the cover art will grab me. So what does your cover art look like since I haven't seen it? Oh, it's I've got it. Here we go. Let's give the cover art. There we go. Oh, there we go. So people watching this on video, whenever I get around putting it up, (laughs) there you go. You can see it. There we go. Nice cover. Yeah, I I love what when the distributors get involved. I really do like the collaboration when they get it really right, so they they can give you a poster that, that's way cool or a trailer that really works. You go, yeah, great. <laughs> that collaboration's. Okay. I guess we should get back into why we're here is discussing your film. So, um, you have a ton of sound effects. Let's start there. Tons of them added. Yeah. How much yeah. fun was that to do? With the sound effects. Yes, there's lots of them yeah. in here, yes. Yeah, well, I think the sound design is really key. So the whole Christmas vibes and the Christmas music blended into a kind of cartoon reality in a way. Um, I think that when you go through the movie after the first cut, you see all the examples of sound. So if people are walking, they're crunching on the snow. If there's sleigh bells, if there's a howling wind like we, we have for the entire movie, I just think that the sound design on a movie like this is everything with the horror genre is everything. And you have to really pull out all the drawers with as much sound ideas that you can bring to it based in, in diegetic stuff like car radios or just weird surreal stuff like subtle howls from wolves as they're moving through the forest that you might not even pick up on, but it's there in the blend. So I really like to do that. So let's go back. Let's go to your cast now next. I want to discuss, they all seem like they actually would be a family. Yeah. Be hanging out. Like, I definitely didn't feel you had, like, some lost stepchild that, oh, I got a friend of mine needs to join in here. They all felt <laughs> they knew each other. They had spent time to each other. 
and they truly hated each other in the end. <laughs> yeah, we wanted the bickering vibe of the family. So we, we've got, um, you know, Christmas, sometimes arguments can come out. So it's all this nice stuff. And then I think on Boxing Day or the day after, it can get a bit like, right, let's, let's, have, the, <laughs> let's have the arguments. So we have Mark Arnold from Teen Wolf as the dad. Teen Wolf was a great 1985 Michael J. Fox movie. That I was have, a lot of and there's two of them. Yeah, I even like part two. I know people don't, but I think it's kind of fun. It's not as fun as one, but it's just weird 80s time capsule stuff. Um, Mark was great. He lives near me here in, in um, uh, Hampstead area, um, Camden Town, Hampstead, this whole North London thing. Um, and then we had Emily Booth, who is a horror host and a fun actress who did films with Jake West. Now, she's like the Evil main Alien. lady, right? She's the mum. Yeah. Oh, the mom. Okay. So her and Mark are in the UK. Um, they're, they're kind of, well, Emily in the UK has got this particular following as a horror host. And I think Mark, of course, in the US with Team Wolf and everything else and um, a lot of other work that he's been doing. And then you've got new people like the wonderful Catherine Robin, our leading lady, Lucy, off on her Christmas Eve adventure, and Rupert, her strange friend, played by Kean Lorcan. Uh, and then Joe Bob Briggs gives a voice cameo at the beginning. So I just like the whole collection of um, weird Christmas Eve characters that we have there, yes. I just want to state it. I would not want to hang out with these people at any time <laughs> in my life. They're no. the most annoying family I think I've yeah. seen lately in a Christmas movie. And I think you oh, went good. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think you worked on your dialogue to make them annoying. To the yeah, point I did. wanted to hate them by the end of the film and wanted them eaten. Well, we wanted the wolf idea to be like the idea of, uh, you know, all all the stuff in Christmas that becomes a bit of a monster. So I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies and spending time with my family. It's an amazing thing. This is really uh, a side of it that I would imagine can be there. And the wolf really represents this whole beast of it turning dark and going bad. So, yeah, that's the idea of it. But they are annoying, yes, and they're bickering. And they're, they're, it's almost like there happens to be a werewolf attack, but really they're happy to continue arguing. Oh, 100%. They're much more yeah. enjoyable than that. Um, <laughs> you use a lot of – I want to know if it's color touches or you change the color. I notice the color changes as the film goes. You're constantly giving me a different shade of blue or a different shade mm. of green. Now, mm. how was that done? Was that planned ahead of time, or was that planned after? Like, nope, I want to play with this a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So our DOP, Vince Knight, who actually did that crazy Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey film, and he's just great. He's I have done seen loads that. Of, which is fun. Think, okay, yeah, I did. Definitely see that now. Now I know, okay, yeah, I've seen that film. So we wanted a kind of slight comic book thing, even though it's grounded in this, you know, her videoing Christmas Eve reality thing. We, we didn't want to play that found footage thing at all and more to play it as just uh, a Christmas movie with a bickering family and a werewolf and to really play that down, have really great visuals and as much as we could. So we got fake snow and we got the moonlight and the color palette was meant to be very, very saturated, very much uh, Santa Claus the movie goes to hell kind of vibes because I love Santa Claus the movie. It's a fantastic film. Like, did you spend a lot of time on your set design? Like, I think you have. Like, this really does feel like a Christmas movie at times. I really feel I'm at it. I don't know what Christmas is like in England. Like, I presume you would have more snow <laughs> than I, but maybe you don't. 
We we have some. We 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 get it in February though. Is the problem? Um, but yeah, I think production design is is key. And Jason Kelvin, our production designer, would bring a sleigh in, and you have the snow machine and the woods and the you know the whole Christmassy vibe of it was really important. I love Christmas so much, so it was um, really key to put all the music, stuff it, overstuff that turkey, you know, get as much of that uh, sweet, sugary Christmas set, sense about it as possible because then the wolf stuff and the darkness plays a bit better, I think. Yeah, you have a lot of drawings in the film. Who did the drawings? Uh, different people. Um, so, again, Jason Kelvin, our production designer, is an artist, and there was another amazing artist who came in to do the early Joe Bob Briggs stuff, um again that kind of children's book sensibility about the film gone wrong so you fall asleep during a, a family christmas movie and you get this nightmare that is this film but that animation was meant to tie into that psychedelic kind of twisted christmas eve fun now did you pick your narrator because he sounds like roger ebert because i really thought i was listening to ebert at one point which one sounds like roger ebert which one um, the guy that comes in the middle, so not the beginning, when he starts doing the, the effects, would you have like a comic book effects, block letters? Yes. yellow. Yes. The guy sounds like Roger Ebert completely to me. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Well, that wasn't deliberate, but, uh, I love to hear that because Roger Ebert was a, an absolute legend and we love his voice and his whole thing. So yeah, good. Great that that's kind of in there. <laughs> so now I want to get up to a little bit more about makeup. Lisa Gray has uh, I don't know how to a pile of makeup on her face, and then I noticed everybody has a pile of makeup mm. on their face. And I mean, it's not bad, <laughs> but I'm like, mm. wow, how long did that take? Yeah. Like that could not have been quick. Um, yeah, they were in the. I'm not sure because I'd be setting up a scene, and they would turn up on 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 the scene and so i know that in the makeup room they probably did have some time because we had delays setting up to really get that right but again you kind of want it to be real so yeah um the overpainted faces <laughs> um i need to go back and look at that again but yeah hopefully it plays uh they're, they're done oh, up for christmas eve parties you know they're, they're meant to be going out i guess to you know the pub on christmas eve or, or <laughs> Midnight Mass or whatever else it is. So they're doing themselves up for that, yeah. Okay. Now, locations. I mean, you have a park at the beginning. She's at a creek. Is that all the same place? Uh, that is. So that was in Surrey. So the film is shot in, well, the film pretends to be shot in Hastings, which is my hometown, which is a seaside town in Sussex in England. Um, we actually shot the whole film pretty much in Surrey and London. Um, and doubled up things. So that park was a, uh, the backwards of a, a, a villa, um, in Surrey. So that was someone's big kind of garden area that had loads of woodlands. So we were able to kind of double up on that location. So it's the, the creek there too, where she films at the creek? Yeah, that was all in the back of, um, somebody's house in Surrey in London. Yeah. They had a okay. lot of land. So when you're doubling up scenes in London, I mean, is it hard to shoot in London? I mean, it's busy place. Yeah, that that was an isolated area, luckily, where we didn't get bothered too much by people. Um, 
because it was kind of private land. But but yeah, some sometimes when you're out and about, you get people passing by. What what you don't want is the COVID masks because um, it breaks the illusion of the setting of this was not set in COVID. So occasionally somebody would walk by in a COVID mask and you go, oh, shit, and you'd have to delete that oh. whole thing. Because <laughs> those masks, I, I, I mean, I, I think the best use of um, COVID in horror, there was one that, that made really big use of, um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember what one that was. But generally speaking, <clears throat> I like to not have any COVID references in anything that we're doing because um, it makes it a bit more timeless. Otherwise, it's very specific. I oh, I agree. So yeah. how much do you love Christmas music? Because it is in this film a lot. We, it's a love-hate thing, so I do like it. I like things like Fairytale of New York and Last Christmas. But the minute Halloween ends, we get on the radio here in the UK. I'm sure you do in Canada as well. The same Not 10 songs. Not until Monday, Monday. right? <laughs> you get the same 10 songs. I'll be coming home for Christmas, you know, all those ones. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. All that stuff. You get it again and again and again and again and again. So... I do like it because it sets up a almost a nightmare mood in a film because you go, oh, shit, it's that loop that can send you slightly crazy. And this family does go slightly crazy. So I, I love, hate it. Yeah, like they do, I think. Okay. Now, you have a party scene, and I thought it was funny how you get the Christmas spirit in. You have them drinking milk. Clearly evident they're drinking milk in the glasses. Mm. Mm. I thought that was very subtle but worked in nicely to set the scene. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's kind of milky, alcoholic Baileys stuff. So Baileys is a big deal here at Christmas, and everyone's knocking it back. Um, yeah, you know, we wanted to play all those tropes, put it all in there. I thought it was good. I mean, they include a Christmas party. We have Santa. We have family bickering. Yeah. I think you hit a lot of the big themes. How is working <laughs> with blood? Because you didn't go nuts with your blood. I do find you have splattering yeah. of blood, but you kept it... Yeah. Same, I yeah, guess. we did. I, I wanted loads more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like crazy levels of, uh, you know, terrifier two levels of stuff. So I would have loved more, more blood. Um, we only could afford so much blood. I think I'd have had vans of blood on standby if I could and tons more gore and stuff because I think it's funnier. Um, but yeah, it plays and we did as much as we could, but the more the merrier with that stuff. At one point in the film, you have a bunch of old file folders. It looked awesome. How oh, are yeah, they made? Yeah. So our production designer, we needed a, a police uh, uh, office for the, the police station where her dad works. And that was actually um, a theater. And it was a room in the back of the theater. So he dressed it with all the kind of flashing police car lights outside and then dirtied up some old files and put those weird images inside of um, kind of werewolfy stuff or folklore or people who've been discovered to have defects in their limbs. So, yeah, it's always fun to turn up and see what the production designer has done. And those notepads and everything tied into that really well. So I do have to ask, was the smoke machine running at the same time the snow machine was running or they're always yeah. separate? Yeah, it was, it was running at the same time. And the snow machine was a real nightmare because it looks good pretty much most of the time. Yeah. Um, but the issue is it made so much noise when it was running. And what you get 
is you have to redo all the sound. So uh, you got it wild, every one of those scenes. We, we re-recorded all that dialogue separately. But then it took ages in post-production to re-sync. Yeah. And the snow machine, whenever I was like, oh, shit, there's snow in this scene. <laughs> uh, those scenes took a really long time to work on in post-production. So the snow's a I guess you're going to go back to laundry detergent in front of the camera and just have some people dumping it on them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, something really easy for you. Where the Santa sleigh come from? Because it looks good. He built that, yes. So our carpenter, production designer friend, Jason Calvin, amazing guy, he he built a sleigh, um, put it together. It turned up as a kind of flat pack Ikea thing. And then out in the woods, he built it. And it just kind of sat there in in those woods that on that private land for, for three days or four days, however long it was to do that, that particular scene. And it was just great. It felt so Christmassy. You go down there at night and the sleigh was sat there and it lights up. It had um, a lit up bit around it. So that's the magic of production design when they start to bring the world alive for you. I was actually shocked at this point, not that it, don't be offended. There was nudity in this movie. I did not see that coming. That sort of just dropped in. I went, oh, okay. Well, that's because we had dogging, and it's a funny thing, I think. It's not very it sexy. It was very funny scene. It was a yeah. funny scene. I think our actors were too sexy for that scene, though, and I would have preferred to have cast that. I think everyone looked like they were way too good looking for that scene because the you funny thing about right. dogging, dogging is like swinging and in the woods in the uk uh people go out and and i just thought it'd be funny on christmas eve to have these very dedicated doggers doing that and then a werewolf as they're there nude coming in to attack them so that's where that was born ah. and it's all part of the fun <laughs> Okay, I do have to ask who made the T-shirts or the leads because they all have very distinct T-shirts. They do. Um, I Piss on Your Soul, that's the band that he was in, Dustin, and then hers says, just fuck off, right? So, yes. <laughs> uh, that was our costume girl, Tiffany. She put those together. It was written in the script that she was wearing that. It's a tricky one, that, because in trailers, when she just stood there wearing fuck off, uh, you can't really have that in some trailers that go out. Ah. Uh, so it causes a little bit of a problem here and there, and we have to re-edit things a little bit. There's lots of bad language, a bit of nudity. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we're making a Christmas uh, with a lot of um, troublesome, dark things in it. So, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, I do want to bring one line to the script, so I'm going to ruin one line. Peter Ring at the church made me break up. Yeah. I yes. thought that was absolutely hysterical. Oh, thank and you. it made thank so you. much sense to me. I'm like, I'm going to give that guy full credit because that made sense <laughs> to me. And she says we're going to save them anyway because yes. <laughs> it's only a room. So, yeah. Um, again, it's that kind of, you know, uh, it's meant to be that you're watching something that has got all the trappings of Christmas, but lines are like that or the dogging scene or whatever else you go, actually, what the fuck? This is a bit, a bit wild. Something's going on here underneath. Okay. Yes. It's time for your fun questions. Yes. Your Thank first you. time on the show. Favorite film, please. Don't Look Now, 1983, the classic genius 
Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland and Judy Christie film where they lose their daughter and then they go to Venice to get over the grief and um, they see what might be their daughter running about, or at least one of the characters does. It's just a brilliant... I take it you've seen Don't Look Now. Um, A long time ago, but yes, I have seen it. Worth revisiting. It is an absolute gem of a movie. Your favorite Christmas film? Gremlins came straight into my head. I think... I mean, Die Hard is close, but if we're talking about Christmas, I love Die Hard too, but Christmas horror, um, Gremlins is so good. And part one, I know part two is also really good, but part one is more of a horror... World, I think part two is more of a comedy actually, but it's really it good. Mm. And last question your favorite Santa? Uh, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> that is oh, the most 100%. He is the best. The most fucked up Christmas movie. Now, Terrifier 3, Art the Clown. I have asked. not seen. He's next year. We're going to get Art the Clown in a Sandra outfit, I believe. So that's going to be pretty dark. But but I don't think it could be. I don't think anything could be as dark as Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original eighties slasher. Love because everything. How good! And I need to see some of them, like the Toy Maker Part Five. I haven't seen that. I really want to see that. I have part seen them one all. and two. Are they all great? They're all what you Two's got my favorite line in the movie ever. Garbage day. I know. It's the brilliant. best line in the movie. And if you've not seen the movie, that makes no sense to you, but it is oh, the best line in Silent Night, Devil Night, Garbage Day. I just think that that original film, though, is the most disturbing dark slasher and everything about oh, it. I mean, Christmas Evil is great, too. Okay, but, can we put Halloween 3 up against that one? Yes. Halloween that's pretty 3 pretty dark, too. I love Halloween 3. Oh, I know that Joe Bob Briggs, dark. finally, they showed it, because Joe Bob Briggs never liked it, and Darcy did, and they did a whole thing on Halloween 3. I I love Halloween 3, maybe so even I. more than Halloween, maybe even more than the original. I don't know. You can't I say that. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Halloween 3 is a great film. Very good. Okay, before we let you go, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. So, uh, Black Rabbit Cinema on Instagram. Uh, if you go there, you'll see us celebrating horror and putting updates about our own horror work. Um, Werewolf Santa is out on digital in America and coming to other platforms over December uh, for you guys over there. Um, and it's out in the UK. And there's DVDs here, so there may be DVDs there. But if you Google Werewolf Santa Watch Now, you should get options uh, to find it. Yes. Thank you for your time and have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Hey, if you're listening to this right now on either iTunes or Spotify, if you could just spend 10 seconds and give me a quick review, that would really help the show. Thank you. Bye.